And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology and podcast host here on the Startup Hustle. Um, let's give a shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. Um, speaking of building software teams, we're going to talk about buying a business instead of starting one from scratch and some of the pros and cons around that. I'm super excited about today's guest because I, uh, for, for my listeners that know, I'm, I'm trying to acquire and have acquired a couple small businesses, but that's my that's my big five-year, five 10-year goal um, stretch is to buy more businesses. So I'm really excited to have you on the show today, Ryan. Introduce yourself. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate being here. This is fun. Yeah, no problem. Um, I love getting started before we get right into it, just learning a little bit more about you and your story. And if you wouldn't mind, I would love for you to, um, you know, you've talked about being in the agency space a little bit before we got on the show. Um, you've talked about starting some businesses. Like, can we just get, you know, take five, 10 minutes or so and, and dig into your your history a little bit? Um, I know you started the podcast, uh, you know, um, in order to kind of grow your network and learn about more businesses and opportunities. And I'm in the real estate space, so I understand even, you know, kind of creating those leads and, and how, to, how to go about that. But how'd you get into this space altogether? Like what made you want, want to be um, a, a business owner? Yeah. So I've done a little bit of everything. I've started from scratch. I've bought, I've built, um, I've acquired companies, I've sold companies. And let me, the, the first kind of seed that was planted was back in college. You know, I, I took a lot of classes. I would say most college is kind of worthless, but I took a class for some private equity guys. Um, that were based locally and they just taught the class and said, Hey, these are all the businesses that we bought and gave us real numbers and real data. And we just went through all their deals. And that was the most impactful business class that I took really any class in college. And a couple of years later in 2012, I acquired my first website. I, uh, it was an old brand. It was a brand that took old polyester ties and turned them into wallets. It's okay. like, it's kind of a cool thing, but I learned a lot of the hard things about business, right? Like, uh, every product was unique. It didn't have a high enough price point. It was kind of before Facebook ads were really like as powerful as they are today. And um, I ended up reaching out to that owner before I bought it, uh, you know, out of the blue and just said, hey, man, it looks like you're trying to, you know, this thing's kind of going down. I would love to buy this thing from you. And he actually said, you know, I'm not interested. And I just kept calling him every two weeks. And after about three months, we became buddies. And he said, you know what, you seem like you got a lot of energy and this is the right fit. So let's uh, let's do a deal. So that was the first website that I bought, but I've done in, in my career, I've bought a lot of different websites. Um, I've started a candy factory from scratch. I did eight years of enterprise software sales for several different tech unicorns out here in Salt Lake City. And one, one thing that kind of really led me down this path of acquisitions is I've started a lot of projects and a lot of companies. And I call them projects, Andrew, because it doesn't hurt as much when they fail, <laughs> which is usually the case when you start a business, right? And um, I had a couple of good ones, but for the most part, at the beginning, it's really hard to determine whether the company you're starting is going to be successful. And I realized with all my acquisitions, they, you know, I'm coming in at year five or year 10, and I'm able to apply my marketing and sales background to these businesses. 
and they already have product market fit, they already have profit, and they already have customers. And so that's really over the last three years, I've really doubled down on acquisitions in the online space uh, just to avoid that uh, ramen noodles for the first few years of trying to start a, a business. Yeah, I think there's a big difference between creating something from scratch and there's there's people that are inclined to, to that and there's great operators right that can come in and be like okay like th this has been created but we need to get some stuff in place we need to get organized we need to like you know connect 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 you're connecting all these pieces and connecting people to the right spots and it's just a different role and i think that um you know transparently like i created marknology out of scratch and i'm learning now how to be a better operator of that thing um and so like i'm trying to learn kind of the next phase um, from leadership to managerial to like, you know, scaling essentially. Um, cause it's different, whatever skill set you needed at the beginning is not the same skill set, you know, for the next stage. And so I can very much, um, you know, agree with that statement. I, I want to go a little bit back. So you went right out of college and you talked to it about buying a website, but we both know that a website now is now business. Um, the website is just kind of the online retail space for it, you know? So I think, you know, people talk about buying a website, um, but not really understand that, that it's a fully functioning business from logistics to personnel to people, you know, very rarely is every single thing outsourced. Um, and it, even if it is, you're having to manage all of that. So right out of college, you were just in a position to buy a business and, and cold called them. Can I get, can I get into those details just a little yeah, bit? The details. So um, this was a couple years after college and I decided um, I'd been using this guy's products for a long time and I went to go buy another wallet and it looked like he didn't have much in stock. So I kind of had that going for me. So that's when I just kind of reached out. And of course I had no tact. I was like, Hey dude, like I want to buy your business. <laughs> and you know, he's going to say, no, he doesn't know me from anybody else. And the guy in the street, and one thing that's important with that is um, we developed over the next three months, a lot of rapport. And I just would text him. I'd call him every two weeks and we'd chat for a few minutes. We actually became buddies and we're still good buddies to this day, which is, you know, almost a decade later. Right. And um, we actually ended up doing another deal together about a year ago, which is a totally different story. But one thing that's, in, that's important with that is sometimes like I didn't have a private equity background. I didn't have a mergers and acquisitions background. I literally took one class in college and like, I kind of paid attention, right? It's college. Mm -hmm. and I, I didn't have tons of money to do the deal. And so in, and in doing that, I leaned on a lot of mentors. I leaned on a lot of people who'd been uh, in this space. And like you said, 10 years ago, when you're buying websites, it's, it, that's exactly kind of what it was, but there's a business behind it. And it's evolved significantly in the last decade. And, um, you know, people realize the internet's not necessarily going away. It's here to stay, right? Which is funny to say in 2021. But the important thing with this is I didn't know a lot of what I didn't know. And at the time, I didn't have tons of money to just throw at a business. There's a ton of ways to finance it. We can jump into that in a little bit. But um, I had so such good rapport with the seller and he had so much trust after a few months and all the ideas that I was bringing to the table. Even though I didn't have any e-commerce experience, we actually did a deal that was almost entirely seller financed. Now, Andrew, that's pretty rare, right? That's And I didn't know that at the time and I've never done a 100% seller finance deal after that. It basically means that I'm using the profits of the business to pay the, the previous owner. Very rare, but you have to have incredible rapport. You typically see those structures when it's like a father or uncle selling it to a son or nephew or something like that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I structured the first deal. And then I stumbled upon, you know what? Like, I love this online space. I love 
e-commerce. I love all things content. And I just loved having a footprint that could be everywhere. You know, I didn't want to have a store that was just tied to, you know, I, I used to live out in the Bay Area. It was just tied to Berkeley or, or here in Salt Lake. It was just tied to Salt Lake. I loved having that. Um, this could be everywhere type store. And I was shipping, I was shipping walls to people in Australia and Austria and in Sweden. It, it was super cool. And that was my first step into entrepreneurship in terms of, you know, acquiring a business. No, I love that. And thank you for sharing a little bit more detail. I think like a lot of the wins are there, you know, um, people can think about, well, I want to buy a business. Like, where do I start? And, and um, as someone like in real estate, I've learned so much more about investing than I had before real estate, um, you know, just like operating a business. Um, I wasn't making all those kinds of deals and investor pitches and things like that. Um, as a bootstrapped company here on the agency side. Um, but really learning it, there's so many ways that you can finance it. But without going into those, um, that kind of fire you found when you bought the first website, I own an apparel company called landlockco.com. Um, we're just like Kansas city based apparel, everything from, you know, pennant shirts to chiefs to Royals, like, you know, um, not licensed, more like play plays on those or, or, or like comeback city, things like that. Um, it's taught me so much about e-commerce. Um, I think it was around 2000, 12 when um i first started in e-commerce as well so we kind of like have that same launching that same launching point as far as seeing it evolve since then um but the biggest part was like i wasn't competing for this shelf space in kansas city to have my shirts displayed i was actually selling to fans all over the world and that was that really got me going like it, it really fueled my fire like i would get a shopify ping or an etsy ping or an ebay ping because i was kind of everywhere and it would be like oh i'm selling to some a chiefs fan in florida oh like i'm selling to someone that loves my shirt and they're posting about it and and um they're in california you know and um it was like my first taste of of having that national or worldwide blueprint and i had i was fixed you know, I was like, this is so like, no one knows this. Like, how is this? How is this happening? This is awesome. Um, okay, so you started there. Along the same lines there, Andrew, I think um, whoever's made a dollar on the internet, you never forget that first dollar you make. Because um, it, it could be life changing if you allow it and, you know, kind of continue down that path where you realize, hey, there's a different world out there. And a lot of times it just takes making that first dollar. Agreed. I, I mean, I 100% agree. My my business, Marknology, as well as Landlocked, is here because I free started freelancing on Upwork so many years ago. Um, and I made that extra money uh, outside of like a corporate job online. And it was like, this is a side hustle online. I got that paycheck. And I was like, this was like my whole bonus from last year, like my, my raise, you know? And I made this in a weekend. And I never looked back. So... Uh, that first dollar. And I, I have a close friend right now that's launched her business. Um, and she's selling like handmade, um, like head bandanas and things like that. Um, heavyhead.com if anyone wants to check it out. And she, um, she's still getting that glow, that excitement when like the Shopify ding goes off, like you've made a sale. And it's like new for her. And I'm like kind of reliving it you know, through her, like when she's kind of getting those first sales. Um, and just remembering like the passion that I had for e-commerce when I first came, came, uh, into contact with it. Um, you know, and for me, I wasn't in a position or I didn't know enough. I guess I hadn't taken the mergers and acquisitions class to understand, 
um, how I can use other people's money, you know, I guess in different situations. And so for me, it's always been trying to get to a capital standpoint on my own where I could buy my own business or launch them. Um, so one of the reasons I've been in the service-based side was, um, you know, lack of capital and not understanding how to get access to it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, a lot of, I, I actually think that's a great path to go for a lot of people is you actually start the agency. And if you're able to uh, not let the, the your, your lifestyle creep up to the level of your income, you end up with this extra kind of, you know, blanket here or pocket here that you're able to then turn around and invest. It might take a little bit, but some of the most successful people I've seen in the acquisition space started out in the agency world. If anybody's ever ever heard of Andrew Wilkinson out of Victoria, Canada, he started Tiny Capital and it, it was a website design firm. He did the same thing. He took the profits from that business and rolled it into another acquisition and another and another. And I think they have 35 companies now in, term, in their portfolio. That's goals. That's that's hashtag goals. Um, yeah, like my my end goal would be to like just work with a couple select clients that we love to work with, like, you know, on a high end as a team. Um, there's 14 of us here at Marknology, so we continue to do that. But um, more and more and more start working on brands that we've acquired or that we own some ownership in because this is, um, you know, a limited knowledge space. Um, and I think one of the reasons why I, you know, I think buying a, buying a business is such a, a strong move versus starting one from scratch is if you're in any kind of position where you're going to have more than one brand. Okay. So, you know, you've got landlocked, you've got Marknology, you've got AKC Co, you've got multiple brands going on. And if you've done it before, you understand how hard it is to really create a brand um, from a brand, you know, it, it, you have to go all in, you have to go all in to make it work. Um, so being able to buy a business that already has kind of that brand component built, um, can be invaluable, especially if you're in a position now to like, okay, I have the pieces to grow this thing. Um, you know, uh, uh, not, not knowing how many leads or like, you know, interests you got, you get in, in this space because I'm just not there. Um, you know, it, would you say that there's a lot on that kind of side that's like, um, hey, I started this thing and I don't know what to do with it and they're just dumping or like, you know, what what's kind of like happening in the space right now? Yeah, so um, it's dramatically different than it was even just a few years ago. And I can give some, I'll, I'll name some websites um, and some places and resources that can help people out. But I think kind of taking it a step back to Andrew is um, when, when you're thinking about acquisitions or acquiring a business, a lot of times you need to start with the end in mind, you know, why are we all in business, right? Some of it's to build awesome companies. Some of it's for lifestyle. Some of it's for, you know, you got to pay the Costco and the mortgage bills, right? There's all these different reasons. And a lot of it is if you can work yourself backwards, I think that's a very methodical way to approach your career or whether you're starting a business or acquiring a business. Because I know a lot of people who start a business and they have goals over here, but their business won't allow them to actually do any of those things because they're going to be so tied down and, you know, they have... Uh, they have to live in a certain spot or they have to have a certain amount of employees or they have to work certain hours and all these things are, you know, if they would think with the end in mind, they can actually find that right business for them or start it from scratch. Some people have different skill sets. Some people, they want to come in, you know, year five and optimize and grow it from there. And some people are just really good at starting and that's okay. So when it comes to the, the, I mainly focus on online businesses, but really this can be applied to really any local business too, especially there's a really hot market right now for local service companies, think pest control or roofing companies. Um, Cause if you think about it, you're really only competing with people in your County rather than everybody online. But my experience has mainly been with online. So I'll kind of stick to that too. So 
there's a lot of brokerage websites out there. You know, there's Biz Buy Sell, which is kind of the most common one. There's Flippa, which sells really anything from, you know, a $5,000 site to really $500 site to say $5 million site. There's sites like uh, feinternational.com. Um, there's quietlightbrokerage.com. There's empireflippers.com. All those websites and marketplaces are really good. I actually just met with Andrew over at microacquire.com. That's a really okay. fun one. Um, those are all great resources to kind of check out. And when I think when people are in this space, everybody listen to this is has a business, they're launching a business, they're in the thick of things. Um, let me give you an example to another acquisition that I did a couple of years ago. I had an e-commerce company and um, I had just met with a bunch of brokers. I networked in the space and one of the brokers said, hey, like you've got this outdoor games company. I have someone else who might have something that might be interesting to you. And it, it turned out to be a perfect fit. So I was able to acquire this company and I increased my company by, I don't know, maybe 30% by acquiring this company overnight. And there aren't a lot of ways that you can grow your company by 30, 40, 50%, even 100% in a weekend other than through acquisitions. And this, this company, it allowed me to grow a little faster because I had now product offerings at product price points that I didn't previously have before. We were in the same pace, space, but we didn't actually compete. Our prices didn't overlap and our product offerings didn't overlap. And so I was able to add some high-end products in the space very quickly. And so when I think about, you know, whether it's an agency or whether it's an e-commerce brand, some of the quickest ways to grow are just start looking around you and seeing what's available. And uh, you'd be surprised just by, you know, striking up a conversation and, and probably don't take the tax the, the non-tactful way that I did and say, hey, man, I want to buy you. Like there's more tactful ways to, to work on that partnership and ways that you can kind of cross over and share resources. But that's those are some of the resources in terms of online companies. But really in any location, right? You know, you're in St. Louis, right? You just Google St. Louis business brokers. There's going to be a bunch that pop up. You can start just kind of scrolling around to start to get a feel for, hey, what's out there? What's interesting to you? But always keep in mind, you probably want to start with your end in mind so that, you know, you make sure you're going down the right path because you know, if you if you find, hey, I want to do online companies, then I would not look at the pest control companies. But if you're right. like, I want to be in St. Louis, I like these local service companies, that's great too. Then you double down on those and maybe avoid the online ones because I've looked at all those before at the same time and it kind of, you know, will blow your brains out just in terms of trying to process a tow truck company next to an e-commerce company. They're totally different. So then I would narrow down and pick one niche and then kind of go deep in it. I think that's what's so cool about the space lately. And, you know, I'm sure you know of the Thrast.io, IPO, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Thrast was an agency a lot like Marconology. Um, you know, they did the same thing as we do on the agency side. They just went for a, run, a round of funding, you know, and, and wanted to acquire faster. Um, so it's been awesome what it's done for the space as far as attention with capital and equity and people understanding and valuing e-commerce businesses at a different level than they did before. What do you call it? An FBA business or an Amazon business? I would never call it an FBA business because that doesn't make sense in my tech speak. Um, it's, it's more like anyone that doesn't understand Amazon would refer to that because it's, you know, it's like talking, we would call it a FedEx or UPS business. We just wouldn't do that, you know? Um, so like, no, that's great. I'm you know, use... it's, it's just not, um, but that's okay. Like I know what that means. And that just means people have built businesses just for the Amazon model. Um, you know, and that's really what they're referring to. And I'm loving seeing it kind of just pop up and those kind of get value and, and being able to understand those. One question I always had is, um, you know, in the real estate side of things, um, as far as investments, I think most people can wrap their heads around real estate and buying a home and investing and things like that, that are listening here. But in that space, you know, it's very regulated. 
um you know there's brokers everyone's you know licensed and there's different skill sets for sure but like you know there's a certain level of, of brokerage and things involved when you're buying a property even cash um on the e-commerce side and you can correct me if i'm wrong but like almost anyone can operate in this space with you know the willpower or like the knowledge to do so would, would you confirm yeah yeah absolutely and um there, there are a lot more regulations when it does come to like publicly traded companies or real estate or just kind of those those types of um, industries. I would think too online, a lot of it is you can you can consume content forever, but some of it is just you know where the rubber hits the road. That's when you start learning and and you know you kind of get kicked in the face and you get back up and try it again. And you're always trying to play the game so you're never not totally out of it. So from from that standpoint. I would also say like how you kind of talked about real estate there in terms of like structuring deals. And we've talked a little bit about financing. There's a ton of ways to actually do it. Some is seller financing. Some is you're bringing cash to the deal or you can pay all cash for the deal. Some is you're using like investors if you wanted to go bigger and or didn't have the capital to do it. You'd be surprised how many people have, you know, 50 to $200,000 lying around that will want to be an angel investor in, in a profitable growing business, you know, because you're not trying to shoot for the moon or anything like that. And then also there's there's all the w other ways to do bank loans, right? So SBA loans are really common right now. There's some incentives there. So when you think about structuring a lot of these deals, and, and the main space that I play in though is really $500,000 to about $3 million in total enterprise value. So that would be like the purchase price for that business. And a lot of these deals can be done with SBA loans. Uh, banks are starting to realize too, hey, the internet's not going around. These are great businesses. They're great cash flowing businesses. A lot of these Amazon businesses are fantastic cash flowing businesses when done correctly. And um, you can get loans on there. So there's a ton of different ways to structure deals. It really just depends on what your comfort level is, how big the deal is, and what your current financial situation is and how you're approaching that deal. Yeah, I love it. I'll share a little bit with anyone listening about, you know, he's talking about these e-commerce or Amazon brands can be very profitable um, there's a, there's a business and I won't disclose, but there's a business I'm, you know, we're, we're basically closing. Um, and they do several hundred thousand in, um, you know, top line sales, I guess, across, you know, their different channels, web and Amazon mainly. Um, and, but their profit margin is 50%, um, at the end of the day. Right. So that's after op operating costs and everything. Um, so it's not a lot out of pocket if you consider it to like a real estate deal or anything like that. Um, coming away with a business that at the end of the day, um, you know, you're paying several hundred thousand for it and it makes you half that a year in profit, um, is just, you know, home run type of stuff. So, um, you know, they're not all like that, of course. Um, you know, there's different in, in Marknology being able to plug in and fill some of those things that you would have to maybe hire out somewhere else like you know is going to be a big advantage for us and that's why i'm into that space but um you know if you've got a, a good product without crazy overhead like brick and mortars and staff like that and you're just like you know using professionals like marknology or an agency or doing it yourself um with an e-commerce business it can be extremely lucrative um i just get excited because it's getting easier and easier to, to, to explain e-commerce businesses to people and get that buy-in um you know, and, and now that I'm kind of getting my hands on one, I, I've built a dozen businesses from scratch to well over a million a year um, from supplement companies to pet companies to, you know, more consumer based products. Um, but it was always for someone else. Um, you know, so this is extremely exciting to be able to kind of go all in. One question I wanted to ask and um, take it, take it where you will. 
whenever you're looking to buy a brand, are you looking for a fixer upper, one that complements another, um, you know, or a turnkey kind of kind of business that's already profitable and you just want to kind of take over the operations? Yeah, and I'll dive into what I'm personally looking for, but it really comes down to like people's own skill sets and what they're trying to do. It sounds like, you know, some people like in your case, you're a really good turnaround guy, right? That's a good skill set, but it's also a unique skill set. So you're you're kind of looking for something on the cheap, but you can see potential. Yeah, you can see the potential and you can see rounding around the corner. I'm typically looking for something that um, will lack the skill sets that I bring to the table, right? And just with through my network, I have you know, the right marketing team in place. My background with enterprise software sales was in partnerships and sales, right? Sales and marketing. So I'm really comfortable if a business actually needs to pick up the phone and start selling partnerships, say, you know, direct ad sales, or um, you need a direct partnership with, you know, XYZ brand or whoever it might be or another agency. That's the part I'm really comfortable with. And a lot of times, you know, e-commerce companies, um, they don't want to talk to anybody, right? They don't want to pick up the phone and talk to someone. And that's actually my skill set. And so I look for things that fall in line with ways that I know how to grow something. Um, and some of it, I, I don't typically look for companies where the current owner is putting in 40 or 50 hours a week, because let's be honest, you know, how many more 40 hour weeks do you have than someone else? And really zero. And so I'm typically looking for something where the owner's putting in less than 10 or 15 hours a week so that I know from day one, I can work on the business rather than in the business. And my my ideal scenario, and I've done this several times, is get it to about three to six months down the road, implement the changes I want, and then hiring the right general manager, incentivizing them correctly to then they, so that they can scale. And so uh, me personally, those are the types of deals that I'm looking for, but it really just depends on, like for your listeners, what, what skill sets are they bringing to the table and finding a deal that their skill sets can solve, right? And so- no company out there is going to be perfect. Every company there is going to have some black eyes and there's going to be parts of it that you're not attracted to, but um, you just have to figure out which risks you're okay with. And if you know how to fix those risks, then it puts, it puts you at an advantage than the current owner. And that's a really common thing that I see where people get good at one or two things. Like in your case, you acquire a brand that's not on Amazon. You know, pretty quickly, you can launch that thing on Amazon, scale it, get some reviews, get the right PPC going or, you know, get your A cost down. You can do that very, very quickly. Yeah. And at low cost to me, right? It's just like treating them like another brand as far as like where I'm currently at. Um, yeah, that's been the allure. Um, and it's just like, you know, now it's learning how to find a good deal, how to get those opportunities. Um, you know, both of the, the two brands I've acquired recently have been different situations. One was like on a, a site like Flippa, um, a guy had multiple businesses and was just trying to get rid of one to focus on the others. Um, definitely needs to be fixed up. And the other one was one, you know, that we had been working with for three or four years off and on. So we had done a lot of the previous work on it. And so I built trust and a relationship kind of like you're talking about with your first deal where, you know, you kind of built rapport and, um, I have a background in, well, all the way from my parents being missionaries to being a bartender myself for six or seven years. And so like very easily, like I'm an e-commerce guy, I have an IT background, went to school for computer science, um, but I'm not the sit in the bedroom in the closet kind of like e-commerce um, person, which a lot of people are, they're introverts, they want to be like alone. That's why they're building, running this business where they get to be behind a screen. And that's cool. That's your strength, you know. Um, but like, if you are someone that's Maybe sales is your your you know your background or networking is your background. If you find the right opportunity, um, you know where you can grow that business with that. I, I definitely think that's the way to go. Um, for me, it's been kind of that hybrid: a little bit of nerd, a little bit of salesman, 
um, you know, and e-commerce is a perfect space for that. I love that. What you said, a little bit of nerd, a little bit of salesman. Well, nobody can out Andrew you, right? So like ultimately there's a lot of businesses out there and some are going to be the right fit for you. But that doesn't mean, you know, any good business is the right fit for you. And so that's one thing to keep in mind is just because it's not a good business for you. There is somebody out there who knows how to fix it and is okay with that risk or comfort level, whatever it needs to be. And that's the right business for them. So um, a lot of it is just trying to go through your own journey and figuring out, hey, you know, these are the areas of success that I've had in Marknology. And these are the two acquisitions that I've done and have been successful. How do I, you know, do this 10 times over? How do I replicate the results that I'm seeing here? And that's going to be unique to every single person. But I love how you've already identified, hey, these are my skill sets that I can double down on. And so I'm going to look for opportunities that need these skill sets and I can bring them to the table. Yeah, it's taken me a little bit. It's taken me a while to be the fixer, right, to get the expertise to be the fixer. Um, but now I feel like it's a prime time, um, you know, so it's been acquiring the team, acquiring amazing photographers on my team, amazing, great content writers. Like, you know, if an e-commerce company needs something like we can do it all. Um, and so it's just like trades, you know, in, in the real estate space, like if you've got the trades, if you've got good GC subcontractors, like you're going to put out great work, but you're only as good as your connections and who you can get access to and who's going to do the job, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that you're right. Um, I, I guess I would like to just, I really like getting into the details. Um, can you tell me about the last deal that you've done, whether it was on the buy side or sell side without naming, you know, any specifics, but you know, kind of what did that deal look like and, um, you know, the size of it and, and what are you working on in regards to, to that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we bought a company, I say we, I brought a partner on for this deal. Um, it's a custom site. It's actually rentlingo.com. So rentlingo. We match up renters with apartment complexes. Okay. Bought the site about five six months ago. My partner, he's a Ruby on Rails developer, which is what this site needed. And so, um, I know I'm the sales and marketing. So I instantly know if I have a product that's pretty technical, I either have to find the right person or the right partner. And in this case, it was very technical. It was a very technical product. And so we opted to just partner on the deal, and I brought him on. Right. And so. The reason this was interesting is the current owners, they were kind of passive on the deal. It had a lot of opportunity. The, uh, the domain authority was very high. There was, a, just, there was a lot of traffic to the site and it had just kind of been neglected for a while. And so we came in and we knew if we sold some additional partnerships and we built out the listings and we added some functionality and did a lot of uh, A-B testing uh, and just CRO on the site, we knew that we could actually uh, grow this thing pretty significantly. And, you know, honestly... Everything goes slower than you think, right? So we're five months in now to this 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 one that we took over, um, and I think this is just with everything in life. Like it takes longer to lose weight than you think. It takes longer to you know train for X Y Z. Sometimes it just takes longer to acquire that business or turn it around the way we want to. And in this case, um, there were some things that that uh, we needed to build out in the foundational level of the site and the code before we could start scaling. And so. Those are some things, just some hiccups. And even, you know, you could be in the space and make a bunch of acquisitions and you're still going to make mistakes every time. That's just the way it is. And there's all, all these moving pieces when it comes to these businesses. But um, that's kind of where we landed, the way we structured that deal. We actually did an SBA loan on that deal. Um, so very familiar with the SBA process. It's it's a great way to, to raise money for a deal where we don't have to give up any equity. Uh, but you know, we do sign personal guarantees that, you know, we're coming in at year eight, year nine, rather than starting it from scratch. So you got to pay for it somewhere. Um, so ideally, you're trying to buy a company that's actually has the opportunity for growth. And even if it just grew 10 or 20% a year, you'd be okay with that and still covering your 
your debt significantly and things like that. So we knew also, also before that we had a really good marketing team that could be applied to this particular business. Uh, anyway, so this, this has been a fun acquisition, but every time you acquire a business, it's, it's going to be hard, right? Whether you're full-time in it, whether you're part-time in it, and this is uh, more of a part-time thing for us at this point. Um, we have some big lofty goals for it, but uh, you know, ultimately I say all the time that if it was easy, you know, you look at a company and you see a clear path to growth and you say, why don't they do X, Y, and Z? Well, they probably have tried it. And if X, Y, and Z were easy, then they would have already done it. Sellers right. aren't dumb, right? And so sometimes you get a little bit over optimistic of how fast you can grow something and that's okay, right? So you're just, you're, 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 when you're structuring deals, you're baking in on some of the downside and you're trying to acquire something that you know, as long as you don't break anything, it'll continue on its trajectory. I love and, that. And one stat I like to throw out there too is when you're looking at these deals, um, you, you know, you don't need to go have a $10 million acquisition to, to change the world, right? I say, hey, you should start with a business that changes your own world first, right? Mm -hmm. That's important. And it could be any size, but a, a business, that first dollar online that we talked about, that's going to change your world. So before you can go send rockets to Mars and change the world, start a business that changes your own world. And a lot of these businesses that you're looking at in these, you know, say sub $3 million in price range, they should be growing at least 10% a year and 20% a year is like normal. A lot of times these things are growing 50%, 30%, 100% a year. And when you do the math, a 20% growth year over year will double the business in four years. So it's a pretty substantial amount in terms of growth that you can experience. And in these smaller businesses, you should be able to grow it by 20% a year. Yep. I, I can, I mean, I've been on all sides of that from managing businesses that are going through 400 X growth, you know, to the businesses growing at 50% to, um, you know, it can be all over the place. Marknology has been a business for seven years. Um, and Amazon has definitely gained in popularity over those seven years. So, you know, we've, we've risen with Amazon in regards to being experts in how to maximize that space. And, um, all businesses grow at different levels. One thing I, I think from the service-based side, I've loved working with small businesses on Amazon, even though I'm trying to grow my client base to be bigger brands, bigger, you know, bigger companies is more stable. You get, you get more tools in the bag to play with. Um, but the small businesses rarely have investors involved. And so they're patient. They understand because they've built this with their hands. They've done it. You know, they've, um, you know, they've, they've ran through the struggles themselves. So whenever you hit a roadblock or, you know, you've got, Hey, this is going to take a little bit longer than expected or they're in for the long game, so to speak. Um, and that's one thing, you know, like I think even as I've matured as a business owner, entrepreneur, at first I was just so put off by the, the thought of investors. Um, you know, whether investors in my company or being an investor, or I just had all these interactions with people that didn't understand the long game. They weren't patient. It was like deliverables or, you know, or next. Um, and I'm watching the evolution. And I think that there's like, um, you know, if you've done something yourself, it's a little bit easier to be patient with others, you know? So if you've tried, if you've built a business and failed, you know, several times, you got that patience thing down a little bit. Right. Um, I know I do. And, um, you know, it comes a long way, but at the same time, understanding that you can have investors that work with you that work for you, just like your, um, you know, your programming partner, um, you know, full scale.io, our sponsor might be a good connection for you um, in the long term. Full scale.io, they help you build software teams. Um, you know, they've got several hundred employees um, around the world that code in 
all different kinds of languages. So if you don't have that person in house, or that's not someone that you like have a connection to, or you know how to get that relationship full scale IO um, is a company that can help you do that. So I've used them for different programming needs um, across the board. Well, I wish I would have known that three months ago. Uh, so we, we kind of have a current setup right now, but I, I definitely need to reach out to them. I have so many other projects that uh, are in the thick of things and still looking for more dev work. So I'll have to check full scale. That sounds they awesome. really, yeah, the, um, you know, Matt DeCourcy is the, uh, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson, the two hosts of this podcast are the founders of that company. Um, so they just took kind of what they had learned on their road to success, uh, just kind of like you're doing on, um, you know, the buying a business podcast, uh, sharing your story. I think you started January 1, 2020 of sharing your story, um, you know, along the process. And that's what they were doing with startup puzzle podcast. So it's kind of coming full circle. Um, but those guys, um, yeah, been a big plug for me. I don't just know you know, um, CSS developers or Amazon API developers or things like that. I just don't have this like black book that I can just dial them up. So um, definitely check them out. And, um, you know, it might be great for some of your projects where you're just needing that extra firepower. They've kind of hit like a dead spot. Um, so a little shameless plug, but rightfully so. Um, uh, I think it could be helpful for you. And, you know, that is something like, let's just talk about that entrepreneurship uh, aspect of, you know, you partnered with um, on this last deal. Uh, it was called, what's the name of the site? One uh, more time. Rent Lingo. Rent Lingo. Okay. So you didn't have the expertise necessarily for this custom dev job. So you went out and found someone with that expertise. I know in my early days, I had office space, I had a good deal on office space. And we're actually in Kansas City. So in downtown Kansas City, I had great office space. And at an affordable price. And I had several young and up and coming freelancers that were like great at their work from videography to graphic design to um, web developer, like a website. Um, and I was offering them, you know, everyone heard of co working space, but I was essentially trading them rent um, in my office space, you know, so that they could get off the ground with their business to help me with mine, because I didn't have that expertise or couldn't afford that capital. Um, you know, so there's ways outside of just hiring someone to do that bring them into the job you know like you, you've done i've loved that and um give them ownership and and create that partnership so i love how you structured that that's, that's a cool way go get a big office that's awesome and then be like hey come stay here but uh i might need some help over here i think uh when i look at bringing my partner on board um I, one of the mistakes i made early on and i talked about the first company that i acquired i tried to do everything and that was the oh it was, it was terrible right and so i think you can also you can learn a ton by doing that. And it helps to know all the underlying foundation of every piece of your business. That's really important. But as an entrepreneur, you can't do it all. You, mm -hmm. can't, you just don't have the energy. You don't have the time. You have to get the right people in place. And even at this point, I know how to do Facebook ads, but I am not as good as someone who's in it eight to 10 hours a day and running it across multiple brands because I just am not up to date on those things. So for me, my ROI is significantly better by hiring them, paying their fee, and then I'm getting so much better results. And it's hard to hear that, whoever listeners out there, when you're like, yeah, but I don't have any money coming in. I don't have enough money to pay for this and pay for that. As soon as you can start even putting small tasks and hiring other people out, you've got to start delegating because if you don't, you'll never get out of this cycle and uh, you'll end up really capping the potential growth of your own company by not actually hiring things out. Yeah. And I think um, just to kind of like double down on that, if you're doing, if you're thinking about an e-commerce business, you have the luxury of hiring VAs, right? For certain tasks. 
Um, you have to be able to teach them how to do the task. So you need to get in there and learn it and then, you know, be able to train it out. But if you have a brick and mortar or you have a warehousing business, 3PL or a service-based local business, you can't necessarily just hire VAs, um, you know, to be working in your business. But when you have a digital first business, um, you know, VAs are a great place for you to start where maybe you can't hire that full-time employee, but you can hire a part-time VA and, and start to understand how you can delegate some of that off. Um, I'm not a perfectionist. But I am a, like a blue collar guy, like a workhorse kind of. That's how I was raised, you know. And so for me, um, I'm always trying to push back against my nature, which is to just do, like do the job myself, um, you know, just get it done, just like work through it um, and be smarter. You know, for me, the very first thing I hired out um, before I added anyone to my team was um, a bookkeeper. You oh, know, like a first hire everybody should do because uh, come tax season or or anything like that, you're you're gonna get screwed. <laughs> yeah, I learned the lesson the hard way the first year of freelancing, you know. And I was just like, as soon as I can, like I'm getting help. Like I, you know, and I once I had that bookkeeper in place, I was able to like get all this time back that I was trying to like self teach and do all these things. And I've still learned quite a bit in the last seven years about you know accounting and bookkeeping and tax and all of that. But at the beginning, um it was just so important for me to have some help. And I was able to feel like, okay, I have some help and expertise here. I'm not going to like crash and burn and do things illegal and end up in prison. Or like, I literally like feared the worst. I was just like, I don't know what I'm literally don't know what I'm doing. Um, I knew how to run a personal budget, you know, and, and, and no, like, nobody knows what they're doing when they start though. And that's just the, the secret around is everybody around you. They're all kind of making it up as they go along. And um, if you're not lying or faking it. So you make it or whatever, but, if you're trying to achieve next level growth and next level opportunity or taking your business to the next level, you're doing thus you're doing things that you've never done before. And that's just part of the process. And you're going to get a ton of growth doing that, but also look around you. Everybody else is doing the exact same thing and they're also growing too. So nobody's perfect and nobody's just born with that knowledge that you say, Hey, this person is so amazing. Well, they're still struggling every day trying to figure out how to build it too. Yeah, I love it. And I think that's why the next evolution for me, why I get excited is the next evolution of things I'm needing to learn is like, you know, acquiring a business and exiting a business and understanding, you know, the ins and outs of that process, um, because it's kind of the next evolution of business um, for me that I have yet to learn. And it will be a challenge, um, you know, from everyone I've ever spoken with that sold their first business. They're like, you know, it's not what I expected. And, um, you know, I'm sure you can have mentors and all those kinds of things, but it's just, um, you know, it's different. If you've built it from scratch, it probably feels a lot like a child, you know, that you're letting go. And, um, you know, if you're acquiring one um, and then you fix it and put up a lot of energy, you know, there's there's a lot of emotions attached to it. And, um, you know, there's lessons in that. So for me, it's, um, you know, I guess to, to anyone out there listening that's a young entrepreneur thinking about doing this the first time is like, Get the help where you know if you mess up, you're fucked. Pardon my French, but you are screwed over mm -hmm. if this thing goes down, right? And so focus there. If you don't know where to focus, focus there. What has to be done? What like needs that rail? What needs that rail guard? Um, and the other stuff can can wait. You know, honestly, it really can. Um, if you focus on the priorities of whatever that first thing is, like for example, you're talking about. Well, it's okay. We're in six months. We're a little bit behind as long as we don't do anything to break it and things just maintain and we'll continue to cash flow or pay its bills. Um, you have to keep that thing running though. Um, you know, whatever that is. I, I did have a question about that just because uh, rent lingo. Mm -hmm. um, 
do you guys have Airbnbs? Do you guys have short-term rentals? Are you in Kansas City? Like, you know, uh, what's the situation? So we, we work with uh, a lot of the big REITs, the real estate investment trusts, uh, a lot of the bigger ones, and, you know, they have thousands of units. Um, so we haven't really branched into that yet, but we do have some new things coming on board and new partners coming on board for, um, we do have some short-term rentals, but not, uh, Airbnb is going to be your best bet. So a lot of it's more long-term rentals. Like, you know, you're going to go live there for a year or five years or something. Got it. Okay. Um, just curious. I'm always trying to build it out. I know on my end, um, you know, we are, for me, it's like cross channel, uh, you know, exposure now for our rentals. We have about a hundred probably here in KC. So not on the big scale, but, um, you know, there's the, there's the sites that like help you find, um, rentals with pets that we can bring your pet, you know, whether it's hotels or different things. So if you start barking up that tree, pun intended, like, and you're looking at Kansas city, let me know. I'd love to be a Guinea pig if you're trying to get into a little bit smaller market. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll definitely keep in mind. Okay. Um, this has been awesome. And I feel like I could talk to you all day. We might have to go around two, or I'll just hop over to your podcast so I can keep asking questions. Um, but where can, let's talk about your podcast. Like give it a shout out. Where can we find you? I've got, um, I've had your stuff pulled up on the screen here for anyone that's you know going to be watching on YouTube. Um, all of the stuff, will, all the links will be, um, you know, in the bio description, but where can people find you? Where can they interact with you if they're looking to buy a business or just want more information? Uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, thanks. Appreciate having me on here. So a podcast is called Let's Buy a Business. You can find it um, anywhere you get your your podcasts. And I documented my journey. I talk about how to find companies, how to finance companies, companies I'm looking at right now, mistakes that I'm making, um, the whole nine yards. You've got some great interviews on there, some pretty, pretty cool entrepreneurs who bought a lot of companies and try to share that knowledge and build that ecosystem. Um, you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn, Ryan Condi, or Twitter, which is Ryan Paul Condi as my middle name. And I'm pretty active on both those. Awesome. Ryan, it's been awesome. Thanks for letting me pick your brain. Um, and you guys know where to find him. I'll have all the links in the bio and description. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.